Hi, good day and welcome to About Patterson, a podcast about the past, present, and future of our hometown, Patterson, New Jersey. As all Pattersonians know, Patterson was founded by our first Secretary of the Treasury, Alexander Hamilton, in 1791. Hamilton's vision for Patterson was as America's first planned industrial city, but even Hamilton couldn't have seen what Patterson would become. Patterson led the Industrial Revolution where Sam Colt manufactured his first revolvers, John Ryle manufactured America's first silk, Thomas Rogers built the first American locomotives, and John Holland tested the world's first modern submarine. But Patterson isn't just about the Industrial Revolution, it's about us, the people of Patterson. It's about our parents, our grandparents, and our great-grandparents who came to America and settled in Patterson for a better life. We all know Patterson today isn't the Patterson we grew up in, but something is happening that no one saw coming. After decades of decline, a miracle happened. Two Pattersonians, former Mayor Bill Pascrell in the House of Representatives and Frank Lautenberg in the United States Senate, passed a bill that was signed by President Barack Obama, making our Great Falls District a national park, and in my view, changed Patterson's future for the better. This is a podcast about Patterson, the historic Patterson we learned about, the Patterson we grew up in, and the Patterson that, in my opinion, is emerging from the ashes. So thanks so much for joining me today. Hi, welcome to the Kavanaugh-DeFranco Murders of 1966, Part 4. First, I'd like to apologize for taking so long to finish this. Um, One reason is I had a paying gig that took some time, but the main reason is this is probably the most difficult project I've ever done. It seems almost every news article in the four years of these two murders and the trials that concluded them, new characters were introduced. I won't burden you with the details, but there were maybe 40 or 50 people implicated in one way or another or at least testified in the two homicides that were about eight months apart. The investigators went to great lengths to find and convict the parties that were involved in the murders and cover-ups. Even a news headline said about the jurors, an elephant couldn't remember all the facts of these two cases. We left off where Paul Cavanaugh was arrested for his wife's murder. After a nine-week probe by the Passaic County Grand Jury, 63 witnesses, witness testimonies, including several mystery witnesses, numerous policemen, a bartender, and members of the community. Four were arrested for the murder of Judy Kavanaugh. Paul Kavanaugh was arrested for strangling his wife, attempting to coerce his wife's parents to lie, lying and denying he carried on an affair with another woman, conspiracy to obstruct justice, and giving false information. The judge denied Paul Cavanaugh bail once he was arrested. Harold Matzner, friend and employer of Paul Cavanaugh, was arrested for obstructing justice and conspiring to obstruct in the murder of Mrs. Cavanaugh. Matzner was released on $5,000 bail. Here's an editor's note from my Patterson friends and a small bit of Patterson trivia. The bail bondsman for Harold Matzner was boxing trainer Lou Duva. The third person indicted for Judy's murder was Richard Cavanaugh. That's Cavanaugh with a C, no relation to Paul and Judy. 
He was the downstairs neighbor of Paul and Judy Cavanaugh. Richard Cavanaugh was arrested for false swearing and released on $2,500 bail. And finally, his wife, Judith, coincidentally named Judith Cavanaugh, wife of Richard, was arrested for false swearing. All four of these defendants pled innocent to the charges against them. Harold Matzner and the downstairs neighbors were released on bail, but Paul's bail was denied, and he was returned to the Passaic County Jail. Remember, eight months after Judy's murder, a second murder occurred in Patterson when Gabriel, Johnny the Walk DeFranco, had his throat slashed on his doorstep of his Fifth Avenue and, Ma- and Madison. By the way, DeFranco was given the moniker Johnny the Walk because of his limping gait. A few days later, the newspapers reported that at the time he was murdered, DeFranco had photos in his pocket of one of the suspects in the Judy Kavanaugh murder. That suspect would turn out to be Harold Matzner. The DeFranco murder opened a whole new can of worms that led investigators to a man named Vincent Carney Jr. Carney lived in Patterson at 175 Arlington Avenue. Carney had two connections to the four suspects arrested. First, he was the co-worker of Paul Cavanaugh at Matzner Publishing, but more importantly, he was a numbers runner for Gabriel Johnny the Walk DeFranco. The police arrested Carney for assisting Paul Cavanaugh in the murder of his wife Judy, linking the two murders into one case. The grand jury indicted Carney on three counts of conspiring to set fire to Judy's Corvair, conspiring to withhold the report of Judy's death, and failure to report a death and removal of a body. The newspapers reported that Vincent Carney and Gabriel Johnny the Walk DeFranco disposed of Judy's body and set fire to her car. Prosecutors believed that DeFranco was the one giving the orders. By now, in addition to the two murders, the news was reporting a number of scandalous accusations. A wife-swapping club that included Judy and Paul Cavanaugh and their downstairs neighbors. Amateur pornographic photo sessions, infidelity by Paul Cavanaugh, and a counterfeiting ring that included Judy Cavanaugh, Paul Cavanaugh, his employer Harold Matzner, owner of Wayne Today newspaper, and, of course, Johnny the Walk DeFranco. Then detectives stumbled across a woman by the name of Jacqueline Natoli, a 31-year-old East Rutherford divorcee, who told what should have been an unbelievable tale, but her testimony tied everything together for the investigators. Natoli claimed that her friend, Gabriel Johnny the Walk DeFranco, was involved in the counterfeiting ring with Paul Cavanaugh and Harold Matzner. According to Natoli, Paul would send his wife Judy and Matzner's wife Dorothy Kruger to Roosevelt and Yonkers Raceway to bet counterfeit money on the ponies and collect the payouts in legitimate cash. It took months for the trials to begin, Prosecutors decided that the first trial would be for the murder of Gabriel Johnny the Walk DeFranco. The trial was scheduled for May 20th, but ended up with six postponements and didn't start until September 1968, 30 months after Judy's murder. 
Enter the famous Boston attorney, <clears throat> F. Lee Bailey, as Harold Matzner's associate counsel. In a morning call editorial, staff writer Louise Estevan described Bailey as, F. Lee Bailey shot into the courtroom trial scene like a comet. Bailey is a fast-moving, steely-eyed attorney who pilots his own plane and sails his own yachts. Bailey gained nationwide attention as a 21-year-old attorney in 1954 by defending Sam Shepard, a surgeon accused and convicted of murdering his wife. And in 1964, Bailey served as the attorney of the accused Boston Strangler, Albert DeSalvo. Before the trial began, Bailey fired off more than 150 letters to New Jersey officials, including Jersey's Governor Hughes, asking for an investigation of the Passaic County Prosecutor's Office, questioning their handling of the Kavanaugh-DeFranco case. The subsequent inquiry into Bailey's action would postpone the trial for the sixth time and remove Bailey as Matzner's attorney. It would take until September to bring the new attorney up to speed. On September 10, 1968, the DeFranco trial opened in Middlesex County without F. Lee Bailey. Natoli testified that Judy Kavanaugh, angry at Paul's affair, threatened to squeal about the counterfeiting ring. Natoli said Judy was then taken to Matzner's home in Denville, where DeFranco shot her. Then DeFranco and Carney took the body stripped her down to suggest a sex crime, and dumped her near the Garden State Parkway. The big question was, what was the motive to kill DeFranco? The newspapers were reporting that the mob killed DeFranco, while the state's position was DeFranco murdered Judy Kavanaugh because she was going to inform authorities about the counterfeiting ring, and DeFranco murdered her to keep her quiet. Natoli offered a gruesome, detailed account of Judy's murder. On the evening of February 23, 1966, Natoli said she was at the Kavanaugh apartment at number 90 Hazel Street. Judy, Paul, Harold Matzner, and a Clifton police sergeant, John DeGroote, were present, according to um, Natoli. DeGroote was a Clifton police department detective in charge of the night shift. According to Natoli, Paul and Judy were in an argument when Paul slapped Judy. The argument continued as the group left the apartment to frequent several Garfield restaurants. Upon exiting a diner, the Kavanaugh's, Mrs. Natoli, and Harold Matzner were all sitting in DeFranco's station wagon when Judy began to scream. Matzner grabbed her, choking her until she passed out. DeFranco then drove the group to Matzner's home in Denville. Judy was still alive when Matzner asked DeFranco to finish the job. DeFranco then got Carney to shoot Judy Kavanaugh twice in the head. After wrapping the body in a blanket, they loaded her body in the station wagon and dropped her off near the Garden State Parkway. On February 6, 1969, after weeks of trial, the jury in the Gabriel DeFranco murder acquitted the three defendants, Harold Matzner, Clifton Police Sergeant John DeGroote, and Vincent Carney Jr. of the murder of, DeFra of DeFranco. The problem the prosecutors had was that Natoli had fabricated so many different stories, the
The jury didn't buy anything she testified to, and the defendants were acquitted. The trial of those accused of Judy's murder began about one year later. Once again, prosecutors relied on Natoli's testimony. After 12 weeks of testimony, the judge in the case, Judge Gordon Brown, told jurors their decision hinged on the veracity of the Natoli testimony. If, and he said, if you are not satisfied beyond a reasonable doubt that Mrs. Natoli has told the truth, then that is the end of the trial. You must acquit. And the jurors did just that. On February 23, 1970, almost four years to the day that Judy disappeared, the New York Times reported, Matzner cleared in Jersey, in Jersey murder. Harold Matzner and three defendants were found innocent of the murder of Mrs. Judith Cavanaugh. The verdict ended a 12-week trial for Matzner, 32 years old, his wife Dorothy, 38, Vincent Carney Jr., 29, and Paul Cavanaugh, 26 years old. It took the jury only nine hours to reach a verdict. Now I hope they just go out and find the guy who did it, Paul Cavanaugh said. Cavanaugh suggested that the police look again into the itinerant worker from the nursing home. Matzner accused the prosecutors of misconduct, stating that the trials cost him over $400,000. He also felt that the prosecutor's office should be investigated, calling the lead prosecutor a threat to every person's safety, sanity, and rights. Carney's attorney went on to say, We knew all along Jackie Natoli is a pathological liar who caused the lives of four people to be destroyed. This concludes the Kavanaugh-DeFranco murders of 1966. Thanks so much for joining me today. See you next week.